With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. up across the 40. He swings it to the 45, the 50. Down the sidelines he goes. Nakayaje. He's got all sorts of daylight. Touchdown Eskimos for the win. Dryson over the line. Center space. David Tyson. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. On the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Senators and Canadians scoreless halfway through the first period. Starting in a few minutes, the Capitals at 16-3-4. Taking on the New York Rangers. Your Edmonton Oilers play in Los Angeles tomorrow. 7 o'clock face-off show here on 6.30. Chad game at 8.30. How about that performance by the Oilers last night, winning 5-2 in San Jose. Edmonton's power play first in the NHL, the penalty-killing third. Two of many great stories for the Oilers so far this season. Out of Toronto, Mike Babcock fired as Leafs head coach. Here's team president Brendan Shanahan. You know, we feel that we've uh, we haven't played up to our expectations this year. Uh, I think that that um, there are key elements to our game and some attention to detail that has been missing uh, often this year. Um, and so, uh, you know, the players know that whenever a situation like this occurs, it 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 does have an impact on the players. Um, but our game is not really meeting our expectations. We're 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 mistake prone on defense. Uh, the attention to details aren't there, and even the offense that our team, the explosive offense our team has, was known for, has been missing uh, for a while now. So there's a lot of work for Sheldon to do, and there's a lot of work for the players to do, and they understand that. But we really believe in them. We believe in the players that we have here. Uh, we believe in Sheldon, obviously, in uh, making this decision. Um, and so we're still optimistic that we're going to get it back on track. Sheldon Keefe takes over as Leafs head coach. They are winless in their last six. Babcock going 173, 133, and 45 for a 557 points percentage in four and a quarter seasons with the Leafs. They missed the playoffs his first year, lost the first round to Washington his second year, and then the last two years, seven game defeats to the Boston Bruins as we bring Kelly Rudy onto the show. Uh, one year ago tonight, Kelly, I was talking about the Oilers firing Todd McClellan. He and Babcock were uh, hired a day apart in May of 2015 with high hopes for their franchises. They both did some good things, but now uh, neither man employed by uh, the Oilers or the Maple Leafs. When you see Babcock let go and some of the things Shanahan is saying, what are you thinking, Kelly? Well, I always have mixed feelings on days like this, Reed, and I know you and I have talked about that before because for the most part, a lot of these guys that uh, are coaching, uh, I, I usually have some sort of relationship with and in some cases I have a good friendship with. And I think 
Mike and I go back a long, long time. And so uh, I hate to see these days. But unfortunately, we do have to talk about this kind of stuff because it's a big part of our industry. But uh, I have mixed feelings also about uh, whether it's the right thing to do. Uh, at first glance, you go, well, yeah, it makes sense. There's been lots of rumors, and there has been rumors around for quite a while now, almost about a year and a half. And uh, those don't just come from uh, anywhere. There's, you know, a lot of times uh, agents have a say in this and the players have a big say in it. It's a lot different league than when uh, I was around in terms of who has a say in uh, who's coaching a team and so on. But then on the other side of it, I look at, uh, boy, and I was just going through the roster, boy, is there ever uh, a huge uh, turnover in terms of uh, players, uh, especially this year. And you wonder what's a fair amount of time for a coach to, to implement his style, his systems, uh, how aggressive they want to be at times, and to allow some sort of chemistry, chemistry to grow. And then cause when you look at certain players, and I'll pick Tyson Berry as an example, we did a thing on him a couple of weeks ago on Saturday, that here's a guy that he's a really good hockey player. And for whatever reason, he is struggling mightily. Is that the coach? I don't think so. I think that's just the move from going from Colorado to a place like Toronto where there's a lot more pressure and uh, he's in a contract year and that has a uh, some sort of significant uh, effect on him right now. So I don't know. I, I'm going to be curious to see uh, how Keith can do. Now, he is a very accomplished coach and he's done a lot of really good things in junior and in the minors and so on. But uh, it's going to be... Interesting when we'll watch this team because they are clearly in the ditch. They're like they're they are playing so poorly. That game Saturday in Pittsburgh, uh, that's hard to recover from, and, and that just crushes your, any confidence that you might have. We're going to have more on this throughout the show tonight. Rob Leth from Global Toronto will check in, and uh, John Shannon will be on as well to uh, to weigh in on the uh, Mike Babcock firing by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Still has. Uh, three and three quarters years left on his contract oddly enough though uh, I'd imagine at some point he's going to wind up with another franchise Kelly the Edmonton Oilers are 14-6-3 and three. they uh it's been about two and a half years since they got a regulation time victory in San Jose at least one that wasn't in the playoffs they were crushed by the Sharks 6-3 last Tuesday they go in there last night and, and win at 5-2 pretty professional and thorough effort by the Oilers I, I was wondering you know, did you ever have a building or did you have a play on a team where you just didn't do well in a certain arena? Even if you might have had a better roster than the other team or thought you did, you just went into a certain arena and it was just kind of a garbage pit for you or for your team? For me, uh, personally, it was uh, Boston. And uh, I only played in the new building, uh, I believe, once. Uh, might have had a couple other games in there, but I don't think I started. But uh, So I go back to the Boston Gardens, and uh, I know this will be hard for the young kids to think about, get their head around, Reed, but if you go back to when I played, and I played in uh, uh, Boston Garden, the Buffalo Auditorium, the St. Louis Arena, uh, Chicago Stadium, I believe those, those four anyways, there could have been more, but those are the ones that come to mind. Uh, their ice surface was smaller than 200 feet long, right? It was 185 mm-hmm. feet. But, but typically, I really love those arenas. It's like there's no place for a goaltender to escape, and a, even a shot from the point is uh, that much closer. So it was a I found really dynamic experience, except 
for the Boston Garden rate. I just could not play well there. I had a few, uh, a couple of ties maybe, a couple of good efforts, but I could not win there. And I don't know statistically if this is completely accurate, but I don't remember ever winning a game in Boston. Now, my teams did, but I don't think I ever did. And uh, and also back home, uh, I just never really played all that well against the Bruins. Um, no idea why. Don't know if it became a mental block for me, but it was a real struggle. Conversely, uh, I love the city of Vancouver. It was my favorite place to travel to. In fact, I always had a secret wish that I was going to get traded there. I could never tell anybody that, of course. <laughs> and uh, But I always played well in, in those arenas, whether it was the old Vancouver Coliseum or the new building. And so that, I don't, and I always played well against Vancouver at home as well. I don't know what my record finished up because they had some really good teams in the uh, mid-90s and so on, but uh, I bet I had a really good record against them, and uh, again, I just loved going to Vancouver. I loved everything about it. I loved uh, going for dinner the night before a game, and it just carried over and onto the uh, uh, ice the next night. Kelly, I just want to remind you, there's no room for positive memories in your segment, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I yeah. take all that back. <laughs> it's all videos of you getting uh, hit in the uh, man parts or uh, getting scored on. Or no, that that is that is cool. I mean, some places you just have a different vibe, right? Or you just feel feel comfortable, and sometimes it's yeah. or uncomfortable, and it's hard to explain why that is. I, I want to touch on one other one uh, with you here quickly. Uh, Garnet Hathaway. Well, the the somehow the saliva just escaped his mouth <laughs> against uh, in that Washington Anaheim game the other night. Uh, I I know you and I talked about the Marchand licking and all that yep. odd stuff. It, you know, it does seem every few years there's uh, there's a spitting incident, and I'm sure every player would say I would never spit on somebody. But then in the heat of the moment, I guess something goes haywire in your brain and, and you wind up doing it. Not you specifically, but some players. No, you're right, though, and that's a good way to put it. There, There is something that just clicks in your snaps and and for no good reason because I have to admit, I, I, I agree with the suspension. I, I think uh, like licking, spitting is despicable and all that. It's a health hazard and there's no place for it in our game. And he, he I... I read, readily accept the three-game suspension. The problem is, I know Garnet Hathaway from his time here in Calgary, and he is a heck of a guy. Like he's a really stand-up guy. So that surprised me. Yet when I think about it, you know, I think about the couple times that I snapped badly, and I didn't even really remember. And then I was reminded by Troy Loney and Barry Trotz that back in junior, I didn't spit on guys, but I kicked them in the back of the legs with my skate. And uh, and I cut them for stitches, and and so that's that's more despicable maybe. And so I'm not defending halfway, but there are times that you do things that are just completely uh, crazy, and there's no explaining it. Kelly, it's never crazy to have you on this show, man. Uh, there is a lot going on. Thanks for checking in. Uh, we'll we'll touch on a whole bunch. Oh, I quickly, Great Cup prediction. I always get that from you. Oh, I got to go with uh, Winnipeg. I'm going with the Western team, and uh, they haven't won what in 29 years. Yeah. So, and and you know why? One of the reasons why I'm cheering for the uh, Blue Bombers. So that guy that that uh, 29 years ago he hasn't worn pants since he, he was on he the sh- he was on the show last night, Kelly. You should go listen to my podcast. 
okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I heard about this guy about a week ago, and so I think that's when it turned for me. I'm like, go Winnipeg, go. All right, talk to you next week, buddy. Okay, see you, pal. That's Kelly Rudy. That was Chris Matthew, and he was on the show uh, last night. You can go to the, you can get the Inside Sports podcast on uh, anywhere you subscribe to your podcast, or just go on the Six Thirty Shed website. Uh, Chris Matthew was on at six thirty last night. He was a really good interview. We another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We'll uh, see what the mood is in Toronto after the Babcock firing Rob Leth from Global Toronto when we get back. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right, and that code word today for our Join the Team, sponsored by Japanese Village, is Puck. The code word is Puck. Very simple. You go to the contest page on 630ched.com. You look for the Join the Team promotion. You enter that in. The winner is going to be announced Monday, December 9th. This is for this great experience. You get to spend a game day, some of it with me, Bob, and Jack. You'll, you'll be interviewed on the Faceoff show. You get great seats to a game. And uh, whenever the Oilers have their team picture day, you get to be in the team picture. So the code word today is PUCK. Another one tomorrow around 6 20. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, Oilers tomorrow, 7 o'clock face-off show game at 8.30 as they take on Todd McClellan and the Los Angeles Kings, a game uh, the Oilers will be favored to win given how the season is going. They've uh, they've risen to the occasion against uh, some good teams along the way. And uh, you got to keep proving yourself and be able to get the majority of your points against the teams beneath you in the standings. So that is the challenge for the Oilers tomorrow night. The uh, challenge for the Toronto Maple Leafs is uh, win a game. They haven't done it in about two weeks. They've changed their head coach, Mike Babcock, out. Sheldon Keefe is in. Rob Leth covers sports for Global Toronto. Rob, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing better than Mike Babcock today, I can tell you that much. Well, he's on the unemployment line, and... Maybe a little sooner than expected. I, I mean, I've seen some people saying they thought that even if this was a poor year for the Leafs, he'd get the entire season. What's uh, what's your reaction to the timing? Well, I think they just ran out of time, really, the way the season has gone so far. I think at the start of the season, the, uh, the, the common thought was that Mike Babcock had to win at least a playoff round if he wanted to keep his job, and maybe uh, at least two. But the way the season has gone so far, especially lately over the first quarter of the season, uh, they've lost six games in a row and uh, two regulation wins over the last 16 games. They've fallen out of a playoff spot. And with the way this roster is built, that's just not acceptable. And uh, clearly that Saturday game in Pittsburgh uh, may have been the final straw for Babcock, a 6-1 loss where like nobody showed up. They played much better in Vegas last night, and uh, if not for a flying diving save by Marc-Andre Fleury in the uh, the third period, they would have got at least a point. But I have a feeling the decision was probably made uh, after the Pittsburgh game, and they just got around to it today. 
You know, do you get any sense of that, you know, the players just got tired of playing for Babcock and, you know, there were rumblings over the last couple of years that maybe it wasn't a smooth relationship between he and Matthews. I know that stuff is always speculated on when a coach is let go. Do you think there's uh, any, uh, any reality to that, Rob? Well, obviously I'm not in the room. I don't know for sure. I can only go by what I see on the ice and, uh, you know, what you hear uh, from some of the insiders. But, yeah, it looked like Austin Matthews and Babcock just were not on the same page. And I think more importantly, I don't think Babcock and Dubas were on the same page. This is a team built on skill and speed and possession and analytics. And I think Babcock, uh, you know, he sticks to his guns. Give him credit for that. But uh, it's almost to a fault. And he's still coaching, uh, you know, the way that he wants to coach, more of a defensive style. And it just was not working for whatever reason. And when, you, when I saw players on the bench, it looked like nobody was ever happy. And, you know, every coach has a shelf life. And if you're constantly yelling at the players, that gets tiresome after a while. And especially when these stars are getting their paydays and they're like, look, I'm making more money than you. You can't tell me what to do. Uh, I, I think that uh, this is a team in some ways quit on the coach. Sheldon Keefe, you know, a previous relationship with uh, with Kyle Dubas. So, um, you know, you, and, he, and he coached a lot of these players, too, with the Marlies, didn't he? Yeah, well, uh, you know, the time is up for Mike Babcock, and now the focus switches to Kyle Dubas because this is the guy that he has hired, his first coach uh, as the Leafs hired under Dubas. And they have a relationship that goes back to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. Uh, this is uh, a coach that had tremendous success in the Canadian Hockey League, winning the OHL Coach of the Year, um, CHL Coach of the Year. And then he moved on to the Marlies, hired by Dubas. And over the last three years, he's put together just an incredible winning percentage. He knows a lot of these least younger players on the roster. He won the Calder Cup with the Marlies in 2018. And I think he really has the same vision and is clearly on the same page uh, you know, with the way he wants to coach this team as the way Dubas wants to see it played. So uh, I think the focus now switched to Dubas because if this team with this roster can't turn things around uh, with the coach that he wants in place, then uh, a change is going to be made at the GM position. It's crazy how things work out. Uh, Mike Babcock and Todd McClellan were hired a, a day apart back in May of 2015, mm-hmm. and now they're fired exactly a year apart. And, you know, it was hoped in both cities with both fan bases that these coaches would, would take the teams to, to new heights after going through some tough seasons. Any uh, initial sense of, of the fan reaction there? I mean, were fans still uh, all in on Babcock, or were maybe, uh, you know, some Leafs fans starting to question him as well? Well, uh, in Toronto, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, if the Leafs win a game, the, the parade route is planned by the fans, and if they lose a game, it's fire everybody. And with the way the season has gone so far, I think more and more people were getting on the train of fire Babcock, and I think a lot of people are excited to see what Sheldon Keith can do. And, you know, I make a good point with the Oilers. I think Babcock, you know, did turn this organization around and made them a contender and a respectable franchise, but just couldn't get the team to the next level. And now you see in Edmonton what Dave Pippett has done, uh, you know, replacing Tom McClellan. And finally, the Oilers are doing what everyone thought they could do. And you see guys like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl uh, shooting to the top of the uh, the scoring leaders and leading that team. And I think that's what people want to see with this Leafs team with guys like Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, and William Bielander. Rob, interesting day. Thanks for fitting us in. All right, no problem. Thanks, man. Rob Lethar, buddy from Global Toronto. When we get back, Drew Remenda on the Oilers special teams. 
John Shannon checks in and CFL legend, former Grey Cup champion Jeff Garcia. Coach's show with Moss and Campbell is 7.30 tonight. Hi, this is Trevor Harris of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. And the coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, his final coaches show of the season in one hour. Jason Moss will be on with Dave Campbell from 7.30 to 8. Uh, of course, Brock Sunderland non-committal when discussing Moss's future on Garbage Bag Day on uh, Monday. I don't know if we'll get any clarity on that between 7.30 and 8 tonight, but uh, Moss will break down the season here for the Eskimos, which ended in that East final loss to an excellent Hamilton team on Sunday. Winnipeg-Hamilton in the Grey Cup. Uh, former Grey Cup champion, former Calgary Stampeder, Jeff Garcia is going to join us between 7 and 7.30 tonight. Here's what's going on in the NHL. No score, Canadians and Senators after the first. No score, Capitals and Rangers about seven and a half minutes left in the first period. You can text 780-496-0063. This texture says, Reed, you need to interview Mike Commodore about Babcock's firing. Great radio guaranteed. Probably would be. I don't know if we could uh, deal with that much profanity, given Commodore's Twitter account. Uh, Mike Commodore, the former defenseman, has been uh, has not hidden over the years his hatred for Mike Babcock. He's taking great joy in his firing. I We did have Commodore on the show a couple of years ago, and I asked him about that, and, and I believe he flat-out called Mike Babcock a liar uh, when it comes to uh, some things that happen in, in their relationship. The Big L says, hey, Reed, I always got a kick out of Babcock's press conferences. The, the laconic tough guy shtick he puts out there has some similarities with Bill Belichick's stand-up routine. The difference being one has built a dynasty and the other might very well end up being behind the bench in Calgary this season or maybe Detroit next season or Seattle in 2021. That is from the Big L. And this texter says, uh, and I, I do enjoy any Spider-Man reference. This texture says Babcock has a future as the next Green Goblin. That'd be quite a transformation. Well, speaking of goblins, we welcome Drew or to the show. Oh, I had to do it, Drew. I had to do it. Well done. Very good. Very good. Hey, uh, before we talk hockey, I, I don't know if you've heard, did, did you know the Rough Riders couldn't get it done in the West Final? Is that making news in your part of the world? Really? Does it, did they not win? Really? I haven't heard anything about that. I haven't heard anything about the Rough Riders since. Oh my God! They were, <laughs> Jesus, uh, you know how much I love talking about the Rough Riders. So this, let's go, yeah. For, let's, let's talk more about the green and gold or green and white. For for people who know uh, when Drew's on the show. Uh, he it does hail from Saskatchewan, and, and you are—I mean, you are a general sports fan. It's not that you yes. don't acknowledge, but yes. living in in, in Saskatchewan, you—you uh, you do feel a little uh, overbaked with uh, rider stuff all the time. So it's—and it's a running joke that Drew and I have. I don't know if Drew thinks it's funny. I think it's funny. Whenever I see Drew, if he gets back from a road trip, especially in the fall, I'll be like, "Hey, did you see how the riders did on the weekend? Anybody talking about that back home?" And he'll be like, "Yeah, thanks, Reed. It's like 25 hours a day of coverage." The, the the crossbar got in the way of that pass, though. Can you believe it? I've never seen a game end that way. Well, you know what? That is a very rider-like way to lose, though. When you think about it, it's a very rider-like way to lose. I, I mean, Tony Gabriel. When I was growing up, Tony Gabriel in the end zone for the Grey Cup. Um, um, the uh, thirteen men in the field uh, mm-hmm. against the Alouettes. 
um, hitting the crossbar. Very rider-like way to lose. Yeah, another uh, another chapter for them that uh, didn't quite go their way for sure. <laughs> Mike Babcock, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, man, uh, Kelly Kelly talked about. It. I just had Rob Lethon, who uh, covers sports with our uh, affiliate station Global Toronto. Big news, uh, and I mean, look, I know there's a certain amount of why are we talking about the Leafs, but you know, I, I said no, earlier I... today on our afternoon show, Mike Babcock is one of the greatest NHL coaches this this century so even if he were coaching you know the Florida Panthers or whoever uh this would be a big story and I think the feeling was Drew that that he was going to get this season instead he only gets you know 22 games or whatever it is yeah it's interesting when you look at this and and um you know the dis- disclaimer is I've known Mike since we were teenagers you know the Saskatoon guys who I've known for a long time as well but here's the interesting part of this whole thing is just the way that Mike is. Mike is Mike's a, a hard guy to, to, to play for. And the interesting part of this is that Brendan Shanahan was the guy who made the call, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and Brendan Shanahan was in the room when Mike Babcock was coaching Detroit. So he knows what Mike can be. Mike is a very demanding person. He's demanding on himself. He's demanding on everybody around him. And he's demanding of his players. And if you look at the way that this team played... I was talking yesterday in another radio interview and asked me about it, and I said that I don't think that his message was resonating as loud as it used to for a few reasons. There's been a bit of a turnover on this team. If, if you look at the turnover, there's Gardner, Brown, Ennis, Hainsey, Marlowe, Caudry. That, that's a big turnaround. There's some pretty pretty important guys in your room that are veteran guys who will listen to their coach and actually try to help sell your message. The other thing is that um, that this is the team that is expected, and boy, do we know that in, in Edmonton, the expectations may be weighed a little bit heavier. And in, in Toronto, you're never as good as everybody's saying you are, and you're never as bad as everybody's saying you are. So this team was not as good as everybody's saying, saying it was because as we know in Edmonton, if you don't have the defense and you don't have the, the goaltending duo, you're not going to win very many games. And if you go back to, to last year, December 29th, to this year when Mike was fired, um, this is a team that was 500. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, think they, I think the record is 29, 28, and 10. So actually it's less than 500 because of those 10 losses. So this is a team that the expectations were higher than I think their talent level was. And when you when you look at the way that Mike is, where he drives guys and drives guys and drives guys, if if you're not winning, that message becomes a little more muted. Your, your texture talked about Bill Belichick. Uh-huh. Bill Belichick's got basically two rules. And if you ever watch anything on the Internet about, about the, the New England Patriots, there's a great series out there called Do Your Job. Right. He's got two rules. Do your job and attention to details. And if you look at the way the late Maple Leafs have been playing in the last six games, and even before that, their attention to details away from the puck wasn't very good. Why have the Edmonton Oilers been better this year? Because Dave Tippett has got these guys paying attention to details away from the puck and caring about keeping the puck out of the net. We saw last year with the Oilers when they were cheating off defensively in order to go on the attack offensively, trying to outscore their mistakes. We saw how that can lead to a team that's not playing the right way and a team that is disconnected. And that's what you're seeing, I think, with 
the Toronto Maple Leafs is that they're a disconnected team because they're, they're top stars, they're very skilled guys, want to get going on offense as quickly as they can and outscore the mistakes. They're not particularly um, engaged or invested in keeping the puck out of their net. That's why they are where they are, and that's why their coach got fired today. All right, and a good transition uh, into some chat here about the Oilers. I, I am not surprised they have a good power play. It, 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 I think it was going to be yeah. first at 32%. Maybe not, but I, I thought it could be a top-10 power play. The penalty kill, Drew, I was saying all summer long, if it could just be average, they are going to shave off a lot of goals against. We'll see where it goes, but it's not just average. It's excellent. It's third in the NHL at 88%. They've only allowed nine power play goals against. They've killed off 22 in a row. You know, Rob and I talk a lot of, about it after games. Yes, you guys do, yep. What, what, what do you see? What are some of the keys to the Oilers' improved PK? Um, first off, goaltending. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you have to have a goalie that can stop the puck, and the goals aren't going in easily on the on my power play for the other team. I got to sit with Jimmy Playfair, who was running the penalty kill for the Oilers. I got to sit with him on the plane a couple of times, and he's gone through the penalty kill with me on video. So the things that they are doing are different. There's there's more pressure, and this is you know this is when I love talking about hockey because I get I get to go hockey nerd 101 and get into the X's and O's. They pressure up the ice. They they are positionally sound up through the neutral zone where they stay above the puck between the, or in the defensive position between your net and the puck carrier. On entries, they pressure 15, 10, 15 seconds. They are pressure, pressure, pressure on entries. So they do not give you the zone. And then once they box up or once they go to their, their structure, their sticks and positioning are excellent. Their awareness is very good. Their sticks are in passing lanes. And then if there's a bobble or then if there's a puck moving that's a little slow, they go. But it's not one guy goes. Lots of times in the, last, in the past you saw with the Oilers penalty kill that one guy would go or two forwards would go or a guy a forward and a defenseman would go. When this penalty kill moves, they move as a unit. All four are going, and they understand we're going. Now we're going. And they go and they pressure as a unit. They take away time and space. They take away the options. Off of face-offs, they're very good. They pressure right off the draw. They don't give you a lot of time to set up. And as much as I think shot blocking is absolutely insane in the National <laughs> Hockey League, the way the coaches demand it, um, they do a good job blocking shots. They, they really do. They, they're in shooting lanes. They're in passing lanes. Their awareness and their, their, again, attention to detail on the penalty kill is a huge mental advantage that they're having. And you have to give... Jimmy Playfair, a ton of credit because he's been able to teach the guys and get them to understand this is the way you need to play, and if you're going to be successful, you've got to be a good penalty-killing team, and the Oilers are. And I don't see, you know, you're right, Reed. It's, there's peaks and valleys, ebbs and flows in special teams, but this start for the, for the team on the penalty kill gives them a great foundation of confidence, and it also gives them that belief system again. Again, you know, you got to talk about it. I believe in what the coach is telling me, therefore I'm going to execute it on the ice. I'm going to do my job because what the coach is telling me has proven to be right. Therefore, that's going to be my foundation from here on to the end of the year. And, and, and i got to hand it to Shane and Archibald 
as well. I mean, you talk about when Drysaddle and McDavid are on the ice, you feel like something's going to be created offensively. When I see Shane and Archibald go out to start a penalty kill, I'm starting to think, okay, first 30 seconds taken care of. There's not going to be a scoring yep. chance. Good for them? Yeah, exactly. They do, they do an excellent job off the face-off. Um, I am fast becoming a huge Archibald fan. I mean, you want to talk about it. They list him as 5'11". Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, like you and I, I've stood you know, next you to him. That's five, yeah. Five, ten men. Yeah. Um, that he is. He has got a lot of fight in him. So he, I really enjoy watching him because he he maxes out when he's out there, and that's that's a great thing for for the last couple of years. And Edmonton, we've been talking a lot about the fact that you need more from more. You know, you've Connor and Leon are doing their thing, and. You need more from more. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is terrific, but you need more from more. You need the goalies to do this. You need the defense to do this. You need the bottom six foes to do this. Well, you're starting to see it. You're starting to see it. It's 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 early, but then we all all know about that special American Thanksgiving date. What what happens to the teams that are in the playoff race at American Thanksgiving? Seventy yep. percent of the time, that team's going to make the playoffs. Drew, we started with football. Uh, I got to end there. Who wins? Uh, th- yeah. It's this week for fun. I ask everybody who wins Sunday: Winnipeg or Hamilton? Yeah. Hamilton, best team in the league. Drew, it's always a pleasure, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Reed. Take care. Bye bye. Sports that Drew Menda checking in. Uh, good observations there on what's going on with the Oilers. PK always love having uh, him on the show. Uh, John Shannon's going to check in in a couple of minutes as well. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Also- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So ahead, former CFL great Jeff Garcia and the Coaches Show with Jason Moss is at 7.30. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Man, a lot to talk about today. Great Cup week. Oilers doing well. Mike Babcock fired. Jason Moss is going to be on with Dave Campbell, final edition of the Eskimos Coaches Show at 7.30, and we welcome back to Inside Sports, John Shannon. John, how's it going, buddy? Hello, Reed. Well, what's news today? <laughs> only only oh, one of the biggest... No, there, Sorry. Yeah, no news in Toronto. There's no news in Toronto. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, a, a year ago today, uh, I was uh, taking calls and talking about the future of the Oilers. Uh, here we go again. Another coaching change, more instability. Where's the franchise headed? Uh, well, a, a year later, the Oilers are in pretty good shape. We'll see where they go. What what, what does this say about the Leafs, uh, Leafs franchise as a whole? Wait, where are they headed? Because they didn't get to where they wanted with Mike Babcock. 
You know, it's an interesting comparison because I, I, I don't think it's anywhere the same as what everybody felt with the Oilers last year. Um, there's a real belief that this roster in Toronto uh, can be very good. Uh, I, 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 I shudder to think the word championship because it's not there yet. Uh, but this is a roster that people believe is deep. Uh, people believe it has, uh, has some speed. Uh, it has been designed to win in the Eastern Conference. And particularly this year, where they're now under NHL 500, people were starting to wonder what the heck the problem was. Uh, the bottom line, Reed, is that, uh, and when I heard Drew talk a little bit about it, um, uh, and I've, I've heard lots of people conjecture uh, about what happened. Uh, for me, the bottom line is that Mike Babcock lost his players. As uh, simple as that. It wasn't tactics. It wasn't uh, the PK. It wasn't the power play. Uh, it was the ability to motivate and uh, to under and to teach them and to understand. And that's why he's now not the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Which it's always interesting when that happens because you know what it's it's like. You know, people will 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 hear that and say, well, why like why aren't the players? You know, shouldn't they shouldn't they play for for any coach? Don't they know Babcock's reputation, what he's done in uh, other franchises? He's coached national teams. He's 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 won gold medals. I mean, this is this is and, and look, I'm not saying this to to heap on Toronto because we've been a lot uh, through a lot of bad things here in Edmonton. But I look at that from from the outside and say. That th- these are exactly the type of problems Mike Babcock was hired not to have, whether he was in year one, year five, or year eight, and, and he still wound up having them. And, and I guess my, my real answer to that is, uh, I think the game of hockey has changed. I think how you communicate with younger players has changed. And I don't think Mike Babcock changed. Um, and Reed, to be honest, uh, you know, that 2014 uh, Olympic team in Sochi, you and I could have coached that team. <laughs> we we would know, have co- had a lot of coaching fun. Coaching, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we would have been a lock for the bronze. Um, uh, you know, the, uh, it, it, the difficulty isn't being able to get superstars, all 20 of them or 25 in that case, to work together. When you have a National Hockey League team and you have a cross-section of, of stars and a cross-section of not-so-big-a-stars that need to be motivated. Um, Mike was Mike was inflexible. Um, this was inevitable, and I, I, I for one, and, and I, I think I'm being consistent when I say this for the last six months, I was surprised he, he got a chance to do it this year. I think there was enough consternation after the first-round playoff loss last year, last season, um, that Kyle Dubas was prepared to to make a change. And the reason he didn't make a change was that he did not want to throw Sheldon Keith into uh, the, the fishbowl that is Toronto for July, August, September before hockey season started. Uh, and, uh, and, and he knew in the back of his mind all this time if this team did not get off to a good start, still had the symptoms that it did have in the playoffs and late in the season last year that he had Sheldon Keefe ready to go. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, going uh, to be interesting to see how it shakes down for the Leafs down to 21st 
in the uh, overall NHL standings with a record of 9, 10, and 4. Oilers are, are fifth overall with points. They have played a couple more games than some of the teams around them, but still looking pretty good. I'll throw this one at you just for fun. We're just past the quarter point of the season. Mm-hmm. Who are the uh, three early front runners for the Jack Adams? And I, I, obviously that's a hometown question because Tippett's doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me uh, take a wild stab at the first one. Dave Tippett. Yeah. How's that? Uh, I actually, uh, it's funny, I think Travis Green has done a, a really good job in Vancouver. They're in a bit of a swoon right now, but I think Travis Green has done an outstanding job. Obviously, Barry Trotz, with what he's done with the New York Islanders again, they've gone 15 games in gathering points. They've only lost once in that period of time, uh, and that was an overtime loss. Uh, so Barry's got to be on that list. And if you look at what the Florida Panthers are doing, Joel, Joel Quinville has a little bit of that Q magic going in Florida right now. So I would go Tippett, Trotz, and Quenville. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And, I, and I, I'm with you on Green, and I hear a lot of good things about uh, Green when I chat to people around the league as well. John, oh, yeah. Yeah. thanks for checking in. We'll put you to work again on uh, the Faceoff show tomorrow. we got a couple of more Oilers games on the weekend. It's going to be good chatting with you, buddy. Right on. That is John Shannon, our NHL insider tonight on uh, Inside Sports. So you heard him uh, reference it there. Uh, the NHL changed, players changed. Mike Babcock did not change. Uh, this texter, uh, Jimmy, says uh, the trades Toronto made last season put them back. It's exactly what the Oilers did for 10 years. The Oilers finally got some skill and some grinders. Toronto's good players are not that great, and they had no money for a good defense. That is Jimmy texting 780-496-0063. We will check your scoreboard. We'll go to Calgary and uh, check up with a guy who had a great career, really interesting football career, Jeff Garcia, former Calgary Stampeder. Best years in the NFL were with the 49ers. That's coming up. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.